Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. A bunch of etiquette experts came up with a list of the rudest things you can do at someone else's house. And Uh-oh. As I look at the list, I've done them all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at the top of the list, which I don't know if this is in any particular order, but moving things around, like rearranging cupboards or saying that chair should really grow right over there. Right. Like you taking know. over, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Just being a little, yeah, it's not your house. Yeah. Uh, shut up. Yeah. I, I, it was just walking. Why did you organize it this way? That's right. I like to stack my dishes in the middle of the living room. Who cares? Uh, overstaying your welcome, whether you're there for a party or staying a full week, be mindful of when it's time to go. Right. And I know people, I've had friends in my life who have a tough time figuring that out. Mm. It's 3 a.m. Everybody else left at 11. Yes. What are you still yeah. doing here? And to the party, uh, Italians, I think, are, are, are never guilty because the, the party, the dinner starts so late. Mm-hmm. And then it just it keeps going. I uh, I had heard in our family there was some... Uh, I guess rumblings going on of some people who were visiting, mm. like from out of town, and just like staying and staying right. and staying, like end up being like weeks. Wow, that they wouldn't leave. Yeah, start right. charging them rent. <laughs> right. Yeah. When Maria and I uh, first got engaged, and I don't know if this is a, an Italian thing across the board or just something we did. Um, she's got a lot of uncles, of course, and uh, aunts on both sides, and we went around. And uh, kind of announced our engagement like every Sunday for weeks, months. This probably went on for. Okay. And so we were trying to do a timing thing because her family would like to have they on Sunday certainly a lunch. So around one o'clock, everybody sits down for a big meal. So we would avoid that. We'd show up a little later. Um, but at first we'd show up early, thinking, okay, let's get in there and get out and do this. But then they'd say, we well, have to stay for lunch now, so right. we'd stay for lunch. And then of course you'd keep talking, and like you said, it wouldn't end. And the food would keep coming, the, the booze would get poured. And then we, of course now it's five o'clock. Well, you got to stay for dinner. So now we're there for dinner. And then it would, <laughs> lunch at one, dinner at five. Holy cow! Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and then it would roll into and the carbs at every meal. And then yeah, like nine o'clock, another meal. And then it would go on and on. And there were sometimes. When we would leave when the sun was coming up, we would literally have been there all day and all night sitting around their coffee table or their their kitchen table, drinking and smoking and eating and discussing stuff from 100 years ago. My goodness. Yeah, most of the time it ended up in tears or a fight. And I said, well, now it's time to go. Um, Hiding or ignoring a mess. If you spill something, tell them about it. Don't just pretend it didn't happen. All right. That's the problem. When your kids are little and you go to visit somebody, you're just ultra aware. Yes. Yes. Like Especially if they don't have kids because yeah. the, the, the house is not kid-proof. Yeah. But maybe that's why you start organizing the furniture for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should really move that chair over yeah. on top of that spot specifically. You show up with little Billy and you're putting those locks on the covers. Yeah. And you're, you know, yeah, I remember when our kids were young, you'd go to somebody's house and, and maybe their kids were older or they had forgotten. And, you know, you're having something to eat and so they offer something to drink and they go, oh, does uh, Daniel or David want to drink? Like some juice? And they're giving them like a glass. Yeah, no, Like a glass. Cup. Right. I need a sippy cup and a chain to wrap it around them. <laughs> Uh, snooping. Don't go rifling through medicine cabinets or people's drawers. Right. Especially like in a keep, bedroom. Uh, really awkward ointments in <laughs> in those just just for people because you know they will. Yeah. You should just keep a few things in there where they would look at it and go ooh. Like, 
Whoa. But you don't want to touch it. Right. right. A big tube of ringworm cream. <laughs> keep one of those in there. Just, just, yeah. because it, you know they won't be able to keep that quiet. No. Right? And you'll know, hey, you snoop. Yeah. And they come out of the bathroom and they see you mixing up dinner with your hands. <laughs> just making meatballs. Oh, yeah. They're like, we're not hungry. We're good. We're good. Well, that'll get them to leave faster. <laughs> Bringing an uninvited plus one, whether it's a party or a weekend visit, don't just assume they agree with the more is the merrier rule. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. That also applies to pets, they say. Don't take your dog or cat or whatever you got. Definitely so. Parakeet, unless you ask. Them. You have to ask, yeah. right. And speaking about asking things, showing up and then telling them you've got food or dietary restrictions. Okay. If you're, you know, gluten-free, don't show up and just assume they know that and they're going to cook it for you. Right. Or cook something without gluten. Uh, feeding uh, their pets from their table. Yeah, that's just, you know, you shouldn't be doing it with your own pets. Certainly not somebody else's. Yeah. Uh, showing up empty-handed. you got to go with at least a bottle of wine or a half a six-pack. Something. something. Yeah. Got thirsty on the way over. That being said, the, the host is supposed to open it, too, right? So it's like, yeah. take something you like. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, disrespecting house rules, like if they say take your shoes off and take your damn right. shoes off. gotcha. Uh, and expecting a tour. Now, this is interesting. Some people apparently uh, want to do the whole let me give you a tour thing, but let the host offer. Don't ask for one. Gotcha. Now, I think if you've moved to a new house, of course, that's what you do. Yeah, but what's a housewarming party, you, that seems to be part of it. Yeah, but if you've been living there for 30 years, it's not <laughs> the show, but just stuff shoved in the... See what the rest of this dump looks like. <laughs> well, over here's all our crap, and over here our big tub of ringworm cream. Earlier this year, we heard that a movie called Being Mortal was shut down uh, due to uh, allegations of inappropriate behavior by Bill Murray. Okay, yeah. Remember this story? At the time, Bill called it a difference of opinion, claiming he thought what he did was just funny and it wasn't taken that way, and he admitted things change and the times change, and so it's important for me to figure it out. While we now know what Bill did that caused all this chaos, he and a female staffer were both wearing masks, and Bill started kissing her body. He also straddled her and pressed his mouth against hers. How did you not know that was inappropriate, Phil? <laughs> I mean, I know you're getting up there in years, but come on. Right. Even my father would know that's inappropriate. Right, yeah. Uh, the word is that Bill was really just joking, and he felt bad that she didn't feel the same way. He was also upset that he had cost people their jobs, so he paid the woman $100,000, and both of them want to finish the movie. Here's part of the shame in all of this. Being mortal will be Aziz Ansari's directorial debut. Uh-oh. He already had his... Everything he does now has got some inappropriate behavior right. attached to it. Yeah. Uh, they don't know when production will fire up again. I mean, unless... You know, remember Bill Murray back in, like, one of those uh, celebrity pro-ams at Pebble Beach... Uh, took a, an old lady into the bunker yeah. and like pretended to fall on top of her. Like, yeah. Unless it was that kind of shtick joke, but even still, you know, especially during a pandemic with masks on, beyond yeah, inappropriate. Sure. And now Gina Davis is piling on a bit. She's just written a book, her uh, memoir, and she says Bill Murray seems like a real cool, lovable guy, but on. Uh, but I know a different side to him, she says. During their first meeting, which occurred in a hotel, as they got together to uh, produce a movie called Quick Change in 1989, Murray greeted her with a massage device 
that he insisted on using on her even though she tried to refuse. Okay. And during production, he once went to her trailer and screamed at her for being late, then continued yelling as she hurried to the set while everyone watched. So maybe not the nicest human being on the planet. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, again, sometimes the bar is set so high on the funny end of things. Well, I don't but, think I mean, inappropriate. No, well, inappropriate is inappropriate, but there could be, you know, it, it could just be that everyone expects the funny guy mm. all the time, right? I'm sure comedians run into this all the time where it's like, okay, tell me a joke, where sometimes you're not on necessarily. But yeah, I'm, not, I'm mean, not defending the here's, behavior. Here's the problem, is that Bill Murray, and I, I see this and I understand it, because who were we talking about recently that was in the same kind of situation where the, the love for the guy is so strong, it's hard to knock him off that mantle. And it was somebody else. I get what you're saying. Bill Murray is beloved, and right. so it's it's tough to to judge him. I, I, again, I'm not I'm not dismissing what he's done. It is certainly inappropriate, and and I'm not defending the behavior. I just you hear it sometimes. Uh, Mike Myers is a great example, mm -hmm. right? Uh, where everyone's like, oh, he's a Scarborough guy. He's funny. Uh, I'm sure if I meet him, he's going to be great. Mm -hmm. He might not be on that day, mm -hmm. right? Like, and and if it's not in that setting. Um, you know, people, I've heard of people who've had, you know, interesting interactions with them. Well, that, you know, you're staring at one being you, right? I, that, I, that weren't necessarily what you expected of Mike Myers. The only thing is, he didn't scream and yell at me and chase me across a movie set. Right. Yeah. I mean, all the other stuff, yeah, it seems like Bill Murray shenanigans, but screaming and yelling at somebody and then screaming and yelling at them on the set right. isn't funny or isn't cool. No. You're just being an a-hole. Again, I'm not defending the behavior. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is ready for Halloween to end. <laughs> uh, she's had enough. She says, listen, it, you know, it was a great movie for me. It made my career. Um, she owes everything in her that's good in her life to Halloween. And uh, she knows that it's the one movie she'll be most remembered for. I think I'll most remember her for Trading Places. Right, and yeah. that red dress. Uh, True Lies as well. Yeah, she was great in that. The scene in the hotel room. Yes, yes. She says, uh, you know, it has to end soon. I'm 64. I mean, do the math. It's not in my favor. Sooner or later, it's going to say the three words, Halloween actress dies. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, she, no. would, she would like the movie to wrap up. <laughs> Uh, you remember the name Bertie Madoff? He yes. was the Ponzi guy who took a lot of people for millions or maybe billions of dollars. Well, Kevin Bacon and his wife, uh, Kira Sedgwick, were among the victims of Bernie in his uh, infamous Ponzi scheme. And in a new interview, Kevin admits they lost most of their money. Oh, wow. Yeah, he says, you know, it's an obvious life lesson. If, something, uh, if something's too good to be true, then it's just too good to be true. He looks back now and he says, well, what are we going to do? we got to suck it up. we got to keep working. Let's just get at it. He said, you know, we made it this far. Our kids are healthy. We're healthy. We can still both work. And certainly you get angry and stuff. But I have to say there are a lot of people who are much worse off than we are. But imagine losing almost everything. Right. And they had a lot. They had too. a lot, yeah. I guess Bernie Madoff is the one six degrees of separation that <laughs> Kevin Bacon doesn't want to have. <laughs> yeah. I think he died, right? I think he passed away in prison. I want Bernie yeah. killed himself, yeah. Did he kill himself? I believe so. I have to, I have to look that up. Now I've got to look it up. I watched a great documentary on him a while back. What a story. Uh, yesterday we had the story that uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, says, uh, no, I, I don't want to be president right now. I want to raise my daughters. But in a poll, The Rock sits at number one for Americans who would like him to be their next president. 
Dolly Parton is two. Tom Hanks, Morgan Freeman, and Keanu Reeves make the top five. Isn't Reeves Canadian? Yes. Maybe he gave up his Canadian citizenship. Maybe he's got an American. But I think you have to be born there to to run for president. Yeah. Isn't that what Schwarzenegger talked about? Yeah, maybe but, but Americans don't. No, we'll just think about that. It they doesn't just, matter anymore. <laughs> they probably don't know he's Canadian. No, that's true. They don't know where Canada is. They right. can't find he's, it on a map. He's like a nice guy. There's a couple of memes of him sharing cupcakes with people. Sure. Yeah. He's in. He make him president. I am going to get back to some daytime television. Days of our lives has gotten nasty. They uh, had an episode last Thursday that featured the first three-way in the history of daytime television. Three characters getting it on. What? And viewers are not happy. <laughs> a lot of longtime viewers who somehow figured out how to navigate social media have been complaining. They say days of our lives is disgusting now. I've watched it for over 40 years. I don't know if it can get any more disgusting. But now they have young people having threesomes. No wonder we're spiraling out of control. Was one with a dead <laughs> character who came back to life at some point? <laughs> I didn't watch a lot of daytime soap opera, but I do remember that happening a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, was Victor big... Newman involved somehow? Oh, Victor. Oh, Victor. <laughs> well, well, well. Um, I think I remember watching General Hospital with my mom. That was okay. the big one. Luke and Laura. That uh, was our... My mom was one life to live. Yeah, I think was hers. And um, was the, uh, my grandmother was young and the restless. Okay. Well. Your grandmother wouldn't be happy, and many other grannies aren't. They're saying today's episode was disgusting, days has gone too far, it's obscene, I'm done. Today's show with the threesome was the last straw. I've been trying to stay with the show because I've been watching it since I was a kid, and I'm 59, so a long time, but I'm done. This is just too much. I don't support their views anymore. It makes me mad. They took it away from us. Goodbye, days. Oh, uh, guess what? A lot of people probably read that and went... Oh, I might have to start watching Days of Our Lives. Oh, for sure. I'm one of them. I've already got it set on my PVR. You're all cleaned up, wearing a nice Sorry. dress shirt. What's yes. going on? I've got a meeting downtown I've got to go to. Uh, Chorus, Rogers, uh, where are you going? What, uh, what uh, morning show are you going to do? No, no, no. Not, uh, not just radio. <laughs> You're done with this? <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> I'll clean up my face for those meetings. <laughs> so you like showered and everything this morning? Uh, no, I did last night. Well, we had hockey last night, too. All right. So. All right. the, the shower then. Well, listen, best of luck in your future endeavors, as yeah. they say. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, yesterday, uh, I found myself out around uh, Salem and Rosalind in uh, Whitby, right there at the uh, Amazon Right, okay. And Ajax, yeah. And I'm always, sorry, Ajax, right. And I'm always so amazed when I go by that thing at the the monstrosity of that building. Yes. And and I started thinking, you know, for the longest time, the GM plant was probably considered the largest building when it came to manufacturing or business of any sort in the Durham region, next to like your Darlington Nuclear or your... You know, Pickering or whatever. Yeah, the, the, the complex that it was. Yeah. But then I, I thought, isn't it amazing? And this just shows, because you drive by it and you look in the back, and there's got to be like, I don't know, 500 transport trucks sitting back there. And it's just insane. And I thought, all that space to sell just jingity mingities. Right. Dildos and such. <laughs> That's what they should have called it. But right. Amazon dildos and, and such. such. Um, well, and of course, it's what isn't it a big prime sale days right now too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what I, I I don't disagree. When you look at the amount of like transport bays that they have, 
Right. From a distance, it looks big. Yeah. You get up close, and you realize it's just monstrous. Well, the shocking part of it is that, yes, there's that one in Ajax, plus a new one building at, like, you know, Conlon and Gerard right. in Whitby, and another one at Markham and Steele's. Yeah. Like, like, it's every yeah. 10 minutes there's one of these things. But when you look online, you figure how much there is to store to have, you know, a handful of everything mm. into these facilities. It makes sense, right? And it's why you can get it in a day. And yeah, and you know, I, um, I, I think I was more aware of it because in the last couple of days I've had to order a couple of things for my barbecue uh, one unit to, to hook up the gas. It wasn't the right piece, so I'm sending it back, getting another one today. And it's, it's just amazing how quick, because I'm not a big Amazon shopper. I'm rarely on it. And so when I use it, uh, I'm always amazed <laughs> how quick the turnover is. Like, mm. I ordered this little part. It was on my, my porch the next day. Uh, now it doesn't work, so I got to return it. Easy peasy, couple of clicks, done and gone. You know, go on, order the part I actually needed. It'll be there today. You know, all while I sit in my kitchen and scratch myself. You know, right. it's, I, I feel bad for all the brick-and-mortar stores. Like, I, I, I'm almost amazed that they're all still standing, you yeah. know, because of just the simplicity of it all. Yeah, not everyone has adapted to it yet. And, and, and like yourself, there's many who, you know, prefer to go see it, mm-hmm. handle it, check it first so they don't have to return it. And, and not everyone has bought into that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, as time goes on, we've seen what's happened. And, and certainly, you look at, like, all the new houses that are being built, how many of them are using smart technologies, yeah. right? Where yeah. uh, Amazon and you know, Alexas are all in the house already, come with it. Your front door, garage door, everything is synced yeah. so that you can, you know, if you run out of toilet paper, you can literally say, Alexa, order me some toilet paper, and then it will start that order, and when it gets delivered to your front door, if you're not home, it'll pop up on your phone, and you can say, uh, just put it in the garage door, I'll open it for you now. It gets there so fast, you're still on the toilet when it arrives. <laughs> the delivery guy will come in and wipe your bum for you. That's a whole new level. Oh, yeah, that's extra prime. Right, yeah. I think I'm going to open dildos and such. Oh, yeah. That's my new business venture. Welcome to Rock Mornings, and welcome back, the godfather of the girl, Ted Reader, the new commissioner of the uh, NFL. (laughs) (laughs) At least the commissioner of the tailgate. Yes. Oh, my gosh, Ted. I was looking at the photos, sir, of you grilling, and you're not just doing bologna sandwiches with mustard over there on the back of your truck. You had a whole... A whole serving going on of, uh, let's see the list here. You had brisket nachos, you had ribs and wings, you had steak sandwiches, you had turkey drums as well. Unbelievable. Yeah, we had a we had a pretty tasty time down in Buffalo catching the Bills versus Steelers. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, the Steelers got clobbered, clobbered, clobbered. <laughs> but uh, what a tasty time! I tell you, people in Buffalo know how to tailgate. Yeah. They do it well. You, yeah, you're brave too because you went into uh, chicken wing territory. Of course, the Anchor Bar, the home of the wing, and you made your own wings. That's a brave move. Well, you know, I'm not really afraid of one little wing company. <laughs> <laughs> now, look at uh, Teddy. I was I was looking at uh, the photos of all the tailgating. The ribs, the ribs look massive, and maybe a little refresher on how to cook ribs because I was one who always used to do them. I'd coat them in sauce and I'd roast them, uh, just kind of buried in sauce, really low and slow for hours. 
But when you're grilling, you don't have to do that, really. The sauce just really goes on at the end. You baste at the end, yes? Yes, but, but the ribs that you saw that we did were tailgating. We first smoked those ribs, and then okay. we just finished them. Uh, I just finished them on the grill there that day. Okay. So the, all the preparation was done ahead. So we, we uh, at the joint, we did um, we smoke our ribs, and ribs are now available every day at the, the joint, Perfect. not just on Saturdays. And um, we do a similar method to a 3-2-1. Okay, which I was going to ask about that because that seems to be very popular, and certainly among the smokers. Among the smokers, if you've got a smoker and you're going to do, do your ribs, a 3-2-1 method is a really good method to use. It's uh, Make sure you peel the membrane off your rib. We were using St. Louis cuts, which is a center cut uh, side rib. But if you're using back ribs, you're using the whole side rib. Make sure you remove the membrane. And then you can put what they call a binder down, which some people brush mustard all over the rib first. Mm. Um, I prefer ranch dressing. And then uh, put your rub on afterwards. Okay. And then you smoke for about two to three hours, closer to three, until you get to an internal temperature of about 170 degrees in between the bones. Okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then... You can glaze them. Some people like to rub them with, uh, with like uh, uh, butter and or margarine, and then brown sugar, and then barbecue sauce, and then wrap them up in aluminum foil, and put them back into the smoker for two hours until you can just start to wiggle that bone, and it's gonna, you know, it's gonna slide out of there. Let them cool down slightly, and then onto the grill to finish and baste them with whatever sauce you want. All right, so Ted, for those of us who are still working without uh, without a smoker and just uh, barbecuing on a grill on a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday, um, what are we doing with our ribs on just a straight up gas barbecue? Well, you can do the same. You can follow the same method okay. and turn your gas grill into into a smoker uh, using some indirect heat and ribs on one side heat on the other side and, and follow that three two one method. Okay. Um, or there's a little bit easier method is take your ribs, peel them, season them, put them uh, in a tray, add a little bit of liquid, cover them with aluminum foil and pop them in your oven for about uh, 90 minutes to two hours at 275 degrees. Okay. You pull them out when you can wiggle those bones, cool them down slightly, and then take them to the grill and finish them off on your grill and baste them with sauce. Or we could just go to the joint that are available every day. <laughs> yes, just come to the joint. We'll give you a rack of ribs. Uh, Ted, one of the great tricks I think you taught me uh, when it comes to removing that membrane is do it when the ribs are, are somewhat cold, right? Like out of the fridge and then use the paper towel and you just rip that right off. Yeah, take the tip of a knife and pick up the membrane just on the on the end of the rack. And then as that comes up, then grab it with a paper towel and then peel it right off. Can you usually, can you go to the butcher because I'm so lazy and afraid of screwing things up? Can I go and buy them with the membrane already removed? Uh, it depends. Most butcher shops won't do that because okay. of the amount of labor that goes into removing that sure. membrane. So you're going to, that's something you more than likely will do at home. Okay. But you can always ask your butcher if they would uh, peel the membrane off, and I think they'd be happy to help you. Yeah, I'm just afraid I'm going to chop up all the meat or something or car <laughs> carve into it and ruin it. Because I have made ribs in the past, 
but I always just bought them at the grocery store, and I don't remember ever removing that membrane. I just remember, so maybe it was already removed from the grocery store stuff, or I ate the membrane. I have no idea. You ate the membrane. Okay. Well, I'm still <laughs> you ate the membrane, and what what happens is when you leave a membrane on, it it shrinks and it pulls the the rack of rib and kind of makes it bend and curve, oh, okay. and doesn't allow that meat to relax, and then it gets tough that membrane. A lot of people, instead of trying to peel it off, they'll just take the tip of a knife and they'll score it in a diamond pattern all the way across the back of the rib. Mm. And then, you know, when they hit the, the grill at the end, that membrane will kind of curl up and, and fall off. But that's okay. just a, a lazy way to do it. You should, If you're going to make ribs at the price they are, mm. take the extra two minutes and peel the membrane. All right, very good. Now, before we let you go, uh, in that brisket nacho, what was included in that? Oh, yeah. Uh, we started with, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we, we have, those were fully loaded, man. <laughs> we started with a layer of, uh, homemade refried, uh, black beans on the base. Okay. And then cheese, and into that I threw some jalapenos and some diced onions and some ti uh, diced tomatoes, like a pico de gallo. Yep. And then, uh, house-made nacho chips, crispy fried, seasoned with uh, a bit of bone dust. And then build the layers, cheese and meat and brisket in there. Uh, if you wanted to add some bacon, you can, and loads of cheese. But also I took some nacho cheese sauce, and that went throughout all the layers. <laughs> and so you, you bake that until it was just hot and cheesy and gooey and messy, and, and now it was absolutely delicious. Is there a gluten-free yeah. option to that, Ted? <laughs> yes, actually, because uh, we use gluten-free corn tortillas, so it's completely gluten-free. <laughs> my, uh, my, just listening to this has my cardiologist on line three. <laughs> All right, Teddy, if people want to talk to you about tailgating or ribs or nachos or steak sandwiches or turkey drumsticks, how do they get a hold of you, pal? You're going to find me at Ted Grills. Arby's got its name from founders Leroy and Forrest Raffle. Raffle Brothers, or Arby's. Oh, all right. I don't know yeah. how you were getting there. Yeah. Okay. Arby's. All right. Raffle Brothers sounds like Arby's. About the same way they came up with horsey sauce. Yeah. Oh, I love their horsey sauce. Frosting and icing have different definitions. Frosting is fluffy and made with a base of cream or butter. Icing is a thin glaze that's made with a base of sugar or egg whites. Both are delicious, by the way. Now you know. Oh, yeah. I'm one of those guys who just eats the top of the cupcake. Right. The rest of it's pretty boring. <laughs> uh, I do like a piece of cake that has like a lot of frosting on the outside, too. Yeah, that's a weird thing about me. I'm not a big fan of cakes. Not really? a big fan of sweet things. A pie. I love an apple pie. Had some yesterday after lunch. Okay. But I'm just not a big cake guy. And when you're at birthdays and people are handing out the cake, I always avoid. I don't want a piece of cake. Oh, really? Yeah. They go, have, you got to have a piece of cake. I'll take your slice. It's insulting to the child. I say, Enough with, the kid. <laughs> Enough with the kid. Enough. I'm insulted. The kid spit all over the cake and now wants me to eat it. Emerson Moisier was the maker of the Crayola crayon. He was blue-green colorblind. Wow. Yet made the uh, the Crayola crayons. How did he do that? I don't know. It's probably the reason there's a white crayon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Most of us recognize this noise. I love it. One of the all-time greats, right? Law and order opening. So that is a combination of nearly a dozen sounds, including a gavel, a jail door slamming, and 500 monks walking across a hardwood floor. What? All in that one little sound effect. Yes, sir.
That's what it is. 500 monks? 500 monks all walking across the floor, a gavel, and a jail door slamming just to get this. Okay, I don't get the walking. Mm. They're walking quietly. <laughs> they wear those little slippers. <laughs> That's right. The first man to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel and survive died 15 years later when he slipped on an orange peel and got an infection. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, Real daredevil he was. Yeah. Uh, Halle Berry was named after a department store. She was born in Cleveland, Ohio, and her mom loved a, de- a department store called Halle's. And All right. She became Halle Berry. The guy who invented Vaseline supposedly ate a spoonful of it every day, and he lived to be 96. Oh. And that's what you know, you're supposed to use it on parts of your body. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a joke in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers were banned in Malaysia by the government in 1995 because they were afraid Morphin was too close to morphine. Okay. And kids would think drugs were the key to becoming a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> on enough morphine, that show looks normal. <laughs> yeah. Lemurs, you know the animal? Yeah. They have the largest testes of all primates. Really? If humans had gonads that big, they'd be the size of grapefruits. Oh, poor lemurs. Now everyone's going to be looking. <laughs> <laughs> and they won't like, know why. Craig Van talking about this. Yeah. I got to see it. Everybody's off to the zoo. <laughs> They're just hoping you give them a raisin or something, and you're looking for their raisins. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Van and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.